Hello and welcome back to the South American Football Show here on the World Football Index. I'm delighted to be back. Thank you for your patience. The Copa Libertadores is getting back underway. We've had the qualifying rounds. We've had a bit of a taster, some really good actions some impressive team performances. And we're going to be going uh, straight into the competition this week. Uh, we'll be looking to bring content uh, more regularly moving forward, reviewing the games. We've got an excellent group of our regular guests, plus a few new guys who are really interesting, interested to welcome to the pod and bring their perspective as well. So expect more regular episodes moving forward. But as the tournament begins, there's kind of two things you look at. One is looking at the groups and uh, there's some excellent content being published and you can find some really good previews uh, on the Libertadores. Check them out on Twitter. We've all contributed bits and pieces for that so you can uh, read up on the groups but the other thing that's always exciting to do is to look at kind of the new breakthrough stars and the top talents we're going to see breaking in and making a name for themselves in the Copa Libertadores so I'm delighted to welcome to this pod uh, Tom Robinson. Tom welcome. Thank you for having me Simon it's it's absolutely brilliant to be talking about Libertadores football again I think this starts this stage of the tournament's always really exciting because the the groups have been drawn we can kind of imagine all these great clashes that are going to come up and, and as you mentioned one of the best things about the tournament is these brilliant young players that we get to see really make a name for themselves on the on the South American stage so I think this should be a, a good little amuse boost to, to get everyone's appetite ready for, for, for the main course that's coming this week. Perfect absolutely so me and Tom basically we're going to look at the groups and we're going to see who we're putting a big red circle around in terms of the young players you know me and Tom both uh, we love South American football for many reasons, but I think in particular we're very excited about kind of picking out the new young talents that we're going to see on their way to Europe in the coming years. So this is basically a conversation between me and Tom. You're welcome to join us and listen as we talk through who we're excited for from each group. So first of all, let's have a quick look at Group A. So in Group A, we have Palmeiras, Defensa y Justicia, Universitario and Independiente del Valle. So, Tom, who in this group in particular has caught your eye? Get the ball rolling. Yeah, well, I think, you know, it'd be hard not to start with the reigning champions, Palmeiras. Um, it's, it's, it's a tricky one, really, because obviously they did so well last time that their young players already feel like, not necessarily household names, but anyone who's probably listened to this show will have heard us talk about um, Gabriel Verón, uh, Patrick de Paula, Danilo... Um, Gabriel Menino, even Matias Vinha, the left back. So it, it almost feels like none of these guys, as, as even though they're some of the most exciting young players in the tournament, aren't necessarily going to be breakthrough talents, if you know what I mean. So I think out of all of the um, Palmeiras squad, who, who maybe could be worth keeping an eye on for, for people who, who maybe haven't seen loads of them, would be the, the winger Wesley. So he got injured last season so we only saw a little bit of him in the Libertadores last year but he's he's a really exciting player he's he's got plenty of pace and trickery typically down the the right, right flank there and I think maybe out of that brilliant group of uh, young players they've got coming through he might be the the one that we see really sort of make a name for himself and um you know, kick on to the next level. He's, he's 22, so maybe on the slightly older side. But um, yeah, I think out of all of them, um, he's probably the one that we should we should mention as a, as a new name to watch out for. Um, and then obviously, you know, 
we've got Independiente del Valle as well after that brilliant result against Gremio, don't we, Simon? Yeah, absolutely. Now, obviously, there's a whole load of players. This is a team that last year, start of last year, won the U20 Copa Libertadores. Uh, they constantly bring through great young players. They also seem to do very well incorporating more experienced players. Um, for me, I think a player who stands out is is William Bacho, obviously getting a lot of minutes. Big, strong, athletic, central defender. Um, but he's also, as you would expect from, from Independiente del Valle, very used to receiving the ball short from the goalkeeper, um, playing out. He's a player who's attracted interest from the likes of big European teams. I think Ajax have been mentioned and it wouldn't surprise me if that is the sort of move he makes in the future. But yeah, for me, William Pacho has all of the kind of physical, aggressive, assertive qualities you look for. But And I think this is largely a result of coming through at Independiente del Valle is very used to receiving the ball short, taking some risks in his passing and generally does very well. What about you, Tom? What are your thoughts on Pacho and who else at IDV has caught your eye? Yeah, I, I think he's going to be certainly out of the young defenders in this tournament. I think he's got real potential to sort of skyrocket in, in everyone's opinion of him. He's I just love his kind of long strides. He's such an elegant um, player when he's moving forward out of defence as well. And and he's yeah, he, he can nip the ball off you, but also he's got that that ability to to pass out or or bring the ball forward. So he's going to be great. And I think the fact that he's you know those results against Gremio were were so so impressive. I mean, I th- I think we thought that it was going to be a a tight clash, but the fact that they won both legs is is really important, uh, really impressive. Um, but I think the the other you know starlet that could follow in the footsteps of, uh, of Moises Caicedo is Pedro Vite. So he's a nineteen year old. He's he's more of a sort of traditionally attacking midfielder, although he he's kind of can play on the right. He can play maybe. Yeah, it's, it's more of an attacking role, but I think he can also play sort of right in a in a midfield three, for example. So he he brings goals. We've he scored um, a couple already in in the league, and he um, he's got a really really nice goal um, against Union Española in that great six two victory as well. So I think he, he, Vite and Pacho are, are two who could be real real superstars in this in this tournament and there's so much intrigue and interest around this uh, Independiente del Valle squad um, and the fact that we've already seen a bit of them as well means that I think we're we're a bit more confident in sort of saying okay yeah we've we've, we've seen them already impress in the, in the sort of four games that uh, they've played already um, and and now they're going into probably one of the most exciting groups so yeah Vite and, and Pacho are going to be right up there with some of the best players in the tournament Absolutely. And Tom, I'll have to go back to you as well for this one. Defensi Justicia. Uh, there's a there's a man in the middle who's caught your eye for a, for a little while now, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's so many good players in this group that it's easy to forget about some of the others. But yeah, Defensi Justicia's Enzo Fernandez um, is is probably one of the young Argentinian players I'm most looking forward to seeing more of. Again, this is a guy who's been doing very well um, for them on loan from River Plate. So I think there's there's also that side of things to, to, to look at and that intrigue of, is this like an audition for him to then go on to River Plate or is he someone who could almost leapfrog that and go straight across to Europe because he's such a classy holding midfielder really sets the tone can has a bit of bite to him as well he's, he's kind of everything you want from a from a deep lying midfielder and um, yeah obviously instrumental in their Sudamericana and, and Recopa win so um, it's 
it's a really finely poised group and Fernandez is definitely the the the, the sort of best of that defensive Justicia young group only only 20 years old so I mean already group A gets us off to a flying start yeah absolutely you thought you were done but uh, there we go okay let's look at group B uh, perhaps not such an abundance of youth talent um in group B I'll get us rolling then with with Venezuela you know I'm into my Venezuelans right now um, and uh, <laughs> Uh, one thing with Venezuelan football which makes it so good for youth football is every team in the Venezuelan top flight has to include uh, under 20 players in their starting 11 they have to have under 17 players involved so you get a lot of young players getting minutes very early uh, and one who's been doing that is uh, Gerson Chacon who's uh, his family have been involved in football at a high level he's a, he's a winger can play either on the right or the left. Is mostly right-footed. Can operate on the left wing and cut inside, or go on the outside. Very technical, very creative. Um, doesn't turn eighteen until June, so he's going to be one I'm looking forward to watch at Deportivo Táchira. Obviously, they're going to be struggling a little bit in a very difficult group. Um, although, you know, we'll see what happens. Always ready, perhaps may not be ready for some. Uh, check on magic from the ring we'll have to see uh expect this year plenty of uh, always ready puns uh, i I, uh, <laughs> I imagine we'll average to a to a podcast we'll have to see how that goes um, yeah. but check on i think is is very interesting and also people valdes uh, another young central defender who's quite assured maybe not um physical enough to go to to europe but i think we'll do well in this team go on tom sorry i interrupted you <laughs> no, no, I was, uh, I was gonna second those uh, horrendous, all, always ready uh, puns as as going to be a, a key element of this uh, group stage. I, I think, as as I'm sure our listeners will be uh, sort of begrudgingly uh, expectant <laughs> of us. Um, but um, yeah, in terms of the the other sort of real good youngsters in Group B that I'm looking forward uh, to seeing is um, two actually from Internacional, the Brazilian runners-up. I mean, such a such a close run thing there, and and they really kind of um, threw the title away there in in Brazil. But I think with the uh, with the introduction of uh, Ramirez, um, ID uh, Independiente del Valle's old manager coming in, I think we might see something a bit more from them you know that they could potentially take it up to the next level and and two young players that I'm really looking forward to see have maybe more of a starring role than than last year um would be first of all striker Yuri Alberto so he's 20 years old he he feels like he's been around for ages because he broke through at Santos when he was like 16 or 15 or something like that and was part of the um 2017 uh, Brazil under 17 squad that was absolutely full of talent there as well. And and he didn't really kick on for a while. And I think he even left Santos on a free, which now looks absolutely ridiculous bit of business from Santos because he scored 10 goals in 23 games for Internacional. Um, really good second half to the season. Um, and now he's looks like he's going to sort of hit that potential that we all knew he ha- he potentially had there. And, you know, he's a big strapping centre forward. He's got all the physical attributes, one that, you know, would probably be quite um, um, a good fit for a lot of European clubs as well. And and certainly Brazil isn't necessarily replete with with number nines right, right now at international level. So I think he's going to be a, a really fantastic one to watch and um, to see if he can kick it onto the next level in the, in the sort of, continental stage because i think he only had 
only a few appearances and no goals in the Libertadores last year. So he's he's one who's got something to prove, I think. And then probably my fa- one of my favourite young Brazilians right now is uh, Bruno Prachedes. Um Again, apologies for my pronunciation to any Portuguese speakers out there. But um, 19-year-old central midfielder, tall, elegant, um, really, really good breakout season last year. Played 22 games in the league for Internacional. And I think he's he's a guy who's got a really high ceiling as well. So those two um, are going to be the ones to watch for me in, in Group B. And I, and I think Internacional could, be, could potentially be a bit of a dark horse. We'll see. Okay, sounds good. Well, let's move on to Group C then, because we've got uh, we've got Santos who could probably keep us busy for a whole pod's worth. Um, we'll come to those in a second. Um, so also in the group, we've got uh, the strongest, who, Vaca. There's always a Vaca, Leonardo Vaca, and now we've got Ramiro Vaca. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of milk the puns, but why Yay. haven't these guys got a move yet? <laughs> Well, I'm sure they'll they'll move on to pastures new um, at some point. Um, dare, dare I say? Um, but um, we, yeah, it's uh, it is genuinely a, a very exciting player that we've got in Ramiro Vaca. He's um, you know he's got a good shot from range. He's he's sort of a good sort of midfielder. He's got a good you know physical attributes as well, which you don't always necessarily see from from Bolivian players. So yeah, I think I think he is genuinely. Name puns aside, he, he is he is worth watching, uh, don't you think, Simon? Yeah, he's definitely a very talented technical player. Um, very good in the ball, as you say, um, but quite complete as well. Okay, nice, good. So a couple of Bolivians there, uh, and gone in, Tom. Gone and off we go, Santos. Uh, so Marcos Leonardo scored a great goal this week as well. The striker getting some important minutes at seventeen years old. Very physical. He looks very interesting. What, what are your thoughts on Marcos Leonardo? Yeah, I, I really like him. He's he's a name that we've known about for uh, for a couple of years now in in the youth setup. But I th- I think he's got a really really high potential. I think obviously Cal Jorge was was one of the young stars of the Libertadores last year, and and is another guy with a, a really high profile. But I feel like Marcus Leonardo just has a little bit more danger in the box. I feel like he's he's more of a goal threat than Cal Jorge and. And he can he can really stretch defenders, and he's not afraid to kind of get his shots away and, and get in those dangerous positions. I, f- I feel like Kyle Jorge is as good as he is as a as a link man up front. I, I and he's a very opportunistic striker in the box. I, sometimes I feel like he's he's just lacking that goal threat um, to sort of go with his all round game. Whereas I feel like Leonardo is is going to be someone who just fears no one and bustles his way into the box and uses his great pace and and footwork to 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 get some goals so i think that will actually give santos much more of a goal threat this year and um it's going to go along with all those other great talents and and especially under ali olan such a good coach um, especially with young players i think santos it's it's going to be hard to top what they did last year but i think the this sort of this young batch of players that are coming through on top of the already very young squad is is going to be one of the more exciting um, things to watch in the group stage. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, I think Sandri in midfield looks really interesting, uh, much more low profile than some of the other names we'll mention. But I think he does his job really well, really smart, defence midfielder. 
um, just reads the game with great maturity. So he's very good. Kaiki, you've mentioned as well. So yeah, this Santos team is going to be fun. And obviously Jefferson Soteldo is still there. Um, and he yeah. may be a little bit older. He may look like he's about 12, um, but he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's a very good quality player and always worth tuning in for Santos just to see uh, Soteldo and to see if he can get that big European move. Um, and perhaps doesn't fit the profile physically, but everything else is there. Go on, Tom. And, and let's not forget as well, we've got Angelo Borges, um, who's only 16 and is, I think, the youngest goal scorer in Libertadores history already. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's incredible how many talents they've got there. You've got five or six arguably, you know, top level talents all coming through at the same time. Um, your Kaiki Mello, you mentioned there as well, young 17 year old center back who's, who's impressed and, and he's the one that's sort of come out of nowhere. The others I'd all kind of heard about before, but it's, it's really incredible, um, what Santos are, Santos are doing. And, and I think, yeah, by far and away for, for guys who are looking at the young players coming through, they're going to be uh, the one with the, the big gold star next to their name for any any scouts. Absolutely. And the team that perhaps doesn't have as much of a recent pedigree for youth development, and tell me if I'm wrong, but we see a lot of really good players coming from Argentina, of course, always. And, you know, River seem to have five or six we're excited about. Boca don't seem to produce the quantity. I don't know whether the quality. You've got Christian Medina, who you're a fan of, and you can tell me about, but why are Boca not as or at least from my perspective, uh, not as prolific in their youth production as some other teams in, in Argentina. Any any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's. I think it goes in cycles. That I, I feel like they haven't necessarily put as much focus on um, giving those young players first team minutes. You know, having said that, at the weekend we saw a midfield three of Medina, um, Almendra, and um, also uh, Varela as well. So three young guys all in this sort of late teens, early twenties. Um, so I think there is a chance, but I feel like when the going gets tough, they're always going to resort to um, bringing in some, some big names and, and a lot of what they do very well at youth level is sort of spotting these young talents early from other clubs and then bringing them across to Boca. So um, Gaston Avila, who's, who's on loan at Rosario Central and initially came from there and, and he was getting some minutes um, last year um, and, and a lot of their good young players are, are currently sort of out on loan as well sort of doing doing bits it's obviously it's hard to break into that really tough team where, um, with with so many top level players um, and that constant demand for success so that that might be something to do with it but I feel like they are beginning to address that and um, as you mentioned Christian Medina just 18 years old and has, has quickly become a regular in the in the Boca midfield there He's an interesting one because I don't think I would go all out on him being the next coming um, in in the centre of midfield um, just yet. But they really like him at the club. They, you know, I've even heard people um, mention his name in the same breath as having similar traits to Gargo. I don't think he's quite the same sort of player. I think he's a he's someone who can maybe get forwards um a little bit more and contribute a bit more going going forward um but he is very tidy on the ball um good under pressure um beats the press quite well um i think he just needs to maybe 
have a bit more confidence, believe in some of those more progressive passes a bit more rather than keeping it safe and tidy. Um, and yeah, he, he got his first goal at the weekend. Um, so maybe he's he's beginning to, to sort of add that. I think more of a box-to-box kind of player than than a deep-lying, classy holding midfielder like Gargo. But he'll be he'll be the one out of that Boca current team to, to, to keep an eye on who, who certainly many people probably won't be aware of just yet. Okay, sounds good. Well, let's move on to the next group. Uh, and straight away, I'm going to jump straight in with uh, with a junior player. Uh, now, junior can be a little frustrating in this tournament. Loads and loads of talent perhaps don't always uh, come together to the sum of their parts. But I think someone who's important in knitting things together for that team and who has been very, very impressive this year is a central midfielder, uh, Fabian Angel. When I first saw him at the start of last year, I was thinking this is a guy who has some like European qualities, a very complete player, reminded me a little bit of a young Steven Gerrard. Now, I think over this year, he's sat a little bit deeper um, and been very responsible in his play, but he's very capable of hitting a long diagonal pass. His ball recovery numbers are excellent. His pass completion numbers are excellent. He he does take some chances as well from deep to, to progress the ball forward. So, for me, Fabian Angel already been linked with some big teams in Argentina. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if his first move is to one to Europe, to be honest, now, given how assured he's been in midfield for, for Junior. So he's one I really like for Junior. Uh, I also think um, Dita at centre-back has a lot of qualities to, to continue to impress. I think at times Junior defensively haven't been great. Um, but I think if he can get some consistency in his game, he has perhaps a step up as well. Um, good, physical, strong central defender. And Edwin Cetre as well, um, the, the right winger for Junior, who I think mm, is perhaps a little inconsistent, but at his best is very, very dangerous, very quick, very direct. Um, they have really good options in the wing Junior, so he may not get many starts or he may be in and out of the team, but... When he's on, for me, he always makes things happen. So he's one to keep an eye on there as well at junior. Uh, go on, Tom. What about uh, River? Uh, let's go across the river. We've, we've spoken, Bocker. What about River? Who do you like over there? Well, uh, there's a player there that I'm, I'm hoping that you'll be able to, to provide some more information on as well, who's strictly not a young player. Um, he probably breaks the rules slightly in terms of, uh, of being someone who's just breaking through, but I feel like he's someone who is a, has been a bit of a revelation already so far in Argentina. He's he's 24 years old. He's Agustin Palavecino, um, a cousin of Eric Lamella. So he's got some uh, good family roots in, in River already. Um, but I, yeah, he's just come in and, you know, he's, he's not maybe someone who's as well known outside of um, Colombia and Argentina um, but he's a really lovely player to watch he can spray some brilliant balls around he can dribble well he's got an eye for goal um, he's someone who I th- is going to fit into this river, riverside and I think will for the casual observers be a very new exciting player to watch out I mean how, how did you rate his time at um, Deportivo Cali? Yeah, I like him. I think like, he's he has qualities of a classic 10 in terms of his vision, his ability to clip a little sly through ball behind a deep defence, that kind of thing, open up a team. Um, that's something he does very, very well. But rather than, you know, the the likes of Quintero, who perhaps doesn't have that kind of elegance on the ball, Balavecino really does glide across the ground and is able to dribble at pace. He's always looking to get the ball. He'll, he'll drift wide to pick it up and he'll come inside. 
So for me, yeah, a very interesting player with with the quality to open up a defence, but also good dribbling ability, good pace, good athleticism. He ticks a lot of boxes. So yeah, he's one I'm looking forward to seeing uh, do well at River. Anyone else at River you'd like to mention before we move on? Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of um, options at River that we could mention. Again, a bit like Palmeiras, um, I feel like there's probably a lot of those players are already fairly well known to, to a lot of uh, our listeners out there. You know, Nicolas de la Cruz, 23 now, but um, one of the one of the best players in Argentina and, and probably the, the whole continent. Julian Alvarez has been in, in great form recently and, and he, he was one of the revelations of, of last year's Copa Libertadores. So I think if I'm if I'm sort of pressed on a maybe a young player who, who could come in and, and make an impact, it would probably be um, the, the young 21-year-old striker Federico Girotti. Um, he's he's been in really good form in the last few games. Great header of the ball. Someone who's who always seems to be scoring diving headers whenever whenever I'm watching him. Um, but he's someone who I think again can can come in and and be someone who who takes his game to the, to the next level. You know, there's there's tons of other people we can mention: Beltran, Paradela, Vigo, Carascal. There's there's lots of guys. You know under the age of 25 and, and in their in their early 20s. So River, always a really good side to watch. And um, again, they're going to be one of the favourites for the tournament. Um, so yeah, definitely a team to, to keep an eye on and, and lots of youngsters to watch. Oh, before we move on, we need one more Brazilian team here we can mention a few names from. What about Fluminense? Uh, any names come to mind in terms of uh, Fluminense? Yeah, there's a, there's a few uh, players there to, to keep an eye on. I think the one that I'm most interested to see a bit more of is um, Mateus Martinelli, um, someone who's re- really classy midfielder, central midfielder, being linked with a lot of European clubs. He's going to be, I think, a, a big player to to kick Fluminense on for, uh, for for their return to Libertadores. And obviously Kaiki, um, who's obviously been linked to Man City or bought by Man City. I'm not sure of his exact status right now. I don't know how much of it we're going to see of him in the Libertadores, but he's going to be certainly a, a big name, what with his uh, links to City and and potentially even Matinho as well, another really young player who might see some minutes. But I think someone who's going to be a regular in that squad is, is Martinelli and, and someone who's probably bound for Europe if he has a good tournament. Perfect. Very good. And again, this is much, this is a very Tom Robinson group coming up. Uh, what about, <laughs> what about, uh, what about the next group? We've got, again, we've got Racing, Rentistas. Who comes to mind? What about Racing? Who do you like at Racing? Yeah, Racing, um, are, you've always got a few good young players there. My, my favorite's probably, um, Carlos Alcaraz, young 18 year old, showed nerves of steel in the penalty shootout against Flamengo and, and is a is a really nice midfield prospect. Um, one of those guys who I think was still working out exactly his best position. He could be box to box. He could probably be at the tip of a diamond, potentially not really a typical playmaker, but someone who, who can make those runs into the box and has a bit of a goal threat. But he doesn't seem to be getting loads of game time under um, Pizzi. So I'm hoping we see more of him, um, but we probably will see a bit of Anibal Moreno, ex-under-20 international that they bought from Newell's, really good prospect. And even a young striker, Ivan Maggi, um, 21-year-old, who's, who's again, only just breaking into the first team. But again, we, we might see some minutes from him. Him and Copetti up front look like a good duo. So yeah, wrestling have always got a few few good players. Maybe not someone... Not someone who I'm super excited on right now, but um, it's worth watching. And and Rentistas, I mean, really fascinating story. And definitely, uh, I would 
not to blow my own trumpet, but worth worth uh, checking out their profile on the Libertadores page, as you mentioned at the top of the show. Um, yeah, crazy the fact they've got into the Libertadores after being in in the second division about a year and a half ago. Um, and to be fair, most of their team have been sold, so I think they're probably going to do really badly. But um, they've got one young kid, Franco Perez, young, exciting winger, brings some goals, scored some really important goals for them to not only qualify them for the Libertadores, but also save them from relegation the week before. So that's the kind of basket case club we're looking at. And uh, he's probably the, the pick of the bunch for that. Any, anyone else in this group that you like? Uh, any of the, uh, the young kids at Sporting Cristal? Well, I think Martin uh, Tavara is an interesting one because he's he's still there uh, at Cristal. He's, he's one you know, <laughs> a very good kind of elegant midfielder um, in in Sporting Cristal who's been on the verge of moving for like four or five years and uh, everyone seems a bit confused to why he's still there. But obviously he's going to be an interesting player to watch. Very, very good in the ball. Very talented, elegant kind of midfielder. So he's obviously one to watch and and it is a bit strange i think he's scratching his head to wonder why some of these big moves haven't yet come off so obviously this may be his year to justify that 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 faith a lot of people are placing in him and uh, and win that big move what are your thoughts on him and and anyone else at cristal yeah, I, I like him a lot. I think out of the, all the young Peruvians in, in this competition, he's the one that really stands out. Lovely quarterback style passing. You know, he's always looking for a long diagonal. That Steven Gerrard Hollywood pass um, is is one of his favourites. So yeah, I, I think he's he's going to be really um, great to see. And you know, they've they've got a, a decent chance of, of of maybe upsetting Sao Paulo or Racing and and doing something here out of all the Peruvian clubs. Um, so yeah, he, he's he's the main one. But I, I like Washington Corozo as well. It always surprised me that he didn't quite make it at Independiente del Valle. But I always liked him for the youth um, teams at Ecuador. Um, so he's someone who's scoring a lot of goals. Um, again, I think someone who could probably use this as a a springboard to maybe move up to uh t- to a a bigger division in south america or, or maybe the mls or some something like that so yeah they're probably the the ones that i'd i'd uh look out for okay cool sounds good well group f we can kick off i mean there with the two nationals again this is a podsworth uh in, the, in themselves these two teams although <laughs> i think i think you'll be maybe busier with national i've got a few atletico national i think are very good um obviously for me one the standout head and shoulders both physically and in terms of his quality is is Gerson Mosquera, the central defender. Um, he's really good um, and it's, it's an interesting story. Basically, he's been working very hard on his physique. He came through as quite a skinny central defender, but he's really worked to bulk up and build up his muscle and his strength and combine that with a lot of explosive pace now. And he's so good on the ball, so composed. Nicknamed Jerry, uh, the new lanky towering central defender from Colombia called Jerry. Um, really good on the ball. Very, very rarely loses it. Wins a huge number of his aerial duels. Wins a huge number of his defensive duels. He's just a very, very effective central defender. I've seen him dribble out of the back and, and kind of not stop until he's in the opposition penalty area, um, which is perhaps surprising for someone who's kind of a towering, strong athlete at the back. So he's got good quality on the ball as well. He's got a lot of recovery pace. Um, uh, you know, the occasional mistake here and there, and he's still quite young. But for me, he has all of the attributes to go to the very top. Can ping a diagonal pass. is a good long pass completion numbers as well. 
if you just look at the numbers with Jetson Mosquera, you'd you just you'd already get a sense of, of how good he is. And perhaps the numbers are even stronger than than the, the what you can see on from the eye as well. But yeah, really, really good defender. Um Elsewhere, obviously, Thomas Angel is an interesting, exciting one to follow. Just turned 18. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the son of Juan Pablo Angel, Aston Villa legend Juan Pablo Angel, born in Birmingham. There we go. Get him on the plane to the Euros. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's snap up for England. <laughs> get, him, get him across now. I'm, I'm going to get on the phone to him right now. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah, he's a very good player. Can, can play as a nine, can play as a ten, can play as an inverted winger, can play behind a striker. Um, not as not as an out-and-out striker necessarily, although, to be honest, he could become that. Uh, as his dad, um, but is a player who has great quality on the ball, a great athlete, um, not, you know, decent high, again, not, not incredible at any one physical attribute, but good enough in all of them. But you combine that with some really smart movement, an excellent finisher, uh, who's creative and good on the ball. He, he's right now at 18, he's an eight out of 10 <coughs> in most area of his get of his game. So I think, uh, push a few more forward and, and improve in a couple of areas and, and he'll be a real standout player. So he's at 18 already good enough when he comes on to, to make an impact, but I think uh, has all of the potential to become a really, really good player. Uh, and finally, I think we can mention Brian Rovira. Uh, I, I know he's a player that you've enjoyed for Nacional and, and he's become the captain of the side, the leader in midfield, a bit of an Alex Mejia. Again, not the youngest, but I think there's a there's potentially a, a big move in him at some point. He, he makes everything tick for Nacional. What, what are your thoughts on Rovira in the middle? Yeah, I, I've always liked him. I, you know, he's he sort of developed from more of an attacking, even sometimes you know, more of a forward when he was really young into that really classy, deep lying midfielder. I, I think he's a, I've mentioned it before, but I think, I think he's someone who definitely, if I was an, an MLS club or, or, you know, even a European club, I, you'd definitely take it, take a punt on him because he's, he's got a bit of everything. And um, yeah, I, I think he's going to be really key to Atletico Nacional's chances and um, someone who's, who's still got, I think a big move in him, although, you know, he's obviously at a huge club already, but yeah, Atletico Nacional just in general are, are looking really exciting. And, um, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing Mosquera after how much you've, uh, you've raved about him. I think he's, he, he feels like a really exciting talent. And then, yeah, you don't need to ask me twice to, to get excited about any member of the, the Angel family. <laughs> Perfect. Also, I think uh, Juan David Cabal has all of the attributes. Um, I think he still has some work to do, but at 19, six foot two, left back, great pace, great quality on the ball. I think he needs to settle into his role a little bit, but starting left back for the U20 national team, um, I think he's going to get, probably going to get more minutes in the league than the Libertadores um, initially. But I think when things click with him, I think he could be a very, very interesting Europe-bound potential uh, 19-year-old left-back as well. Uh, Nacional fans are a little bit mm, divided on him so far, but I think all the qualities he has, I think it will come good. And I think he's uh, one to watch. Uh, what about the other Nacional now? Again, these, these guys always produce quite a lot of talent. Uh, who, are you, who do you like uh, in the Uruguayan Nacional? Yeah, so th- they've... Again, they've got this big core of players who did really well and, and won the um, 2018 under 20 Libertadores. And so there's absolutely 
loads of players who are kind of in their early 20s now and, and a few that are younger as well who are who make up the core of this side they've still got some old heads in there but um yeah it's it's a really interesting team to watch and um i think again they've they've got a new manager they've they've taken the rentistas manager who's maybe going to look to play a bit more um at attractive on the eye football shall we say rather than the usual national style um so there's there's literally about eight or nine players i could probably mention but i'll try and keep it to just a few um brian ocampo is probably one who who could most catch the eye because he's a he's a really tricky right winger loads of skill um you know he's he's pulled off a, a rainbow flick and um, uh, much to the annoyance of uh, his opposition fullback he's, he's that type of player um and he's finally seems like he's adding end product to his his undeniable talent. I think it, it, for, uh, since the start of the year, he's got eleven assists in eighteen games, which certainly for um, across all of South America for under twenty five players, he's probably right up there, maybe even top. So he's someone who I think is is peaking at the right time and, and is, is a really fun player to watch anyway. Um, and then. Other than that, you've got the, the centre-back duo of La Borda and Orihuela. Um, there's also Emilio, Emiliano Martinez, not the Aston Villa goalkeeper, but the um, defensive midfielder, kind of a like a young uh, Nemanja, Nemanja Matic, I would say, a bit, bit more mobile, but um, that kind of player, really um, tall, um, telescopic legs um, as well that can kind of just steal the ball out. So they're all very good. Um, and I think, yeah, I think Nasty now might, potentially surprise a few people they've they've got a stronger squad than than last year um and got more experience so um yeah i think they they could uh, they could definitely um cause a cause a, a little bit of an impact maybe if, if they can get out of this um this group yeah it definitely looks like quite an even group so i think that good should give a good platform to some of these players to express themselves the other two teams are argentinos and catolica any names you want to mention from those before we move on? Yeah, I won't give Argentinos too much um, time because they're not the most exciting. But Fausto Vera, good young defensive midfielder, played for the under-20s. Again, someone who is probably ready for, for a move on. Um, but yeah, he, he's a good player. And um, Universidad Católica, I think out of all the um, Chilean sides that, that I'm more familiar with, at least anyway, I'm sure Adam would be able to tell us more. But yeah. Um, Ignacio Saavedra is someone who I've followed for a, a long time and have been really impressed with. Another defensive midfielder who's got really nice range of passing, had a really bad injury, but it looks like he's coming back to form. And also uh, Tapia as well is, is, a, is a really exciting prospect at Catolica. So I think there's, as you mentioned, it's, it's really balanced, no standout team. Um, and it's going to be, uh, I think, potentially a, a very tight group, that one. And you could see any combination um, of, of these four teams, like two, any two of these four getting through to the next round, and it wouldn't be a massive surprise. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well, let's move on to Group uh, Group G. So we've got Vélez. Okay, so Vélez, obviously, Thiago Almada is, is the one people will be familiar with, a very classy creative playmaker great quality on the ball wanted by probably your club whoever you're whoever you are listening to this your club's probably uh been been keeping an eye on him so obviously he's the one we know very very well great technique on the ball can score goals he seems to be adding a little bit to his game as well so tom 
quick Almada update. We're very familiar with him. We've we've heard of him. If you want to hear more on Almada, go find the Scouting Spotlight pod. But a quick update on Almada, on how he's doing, and anyone else at Velez that you really like. Yeah, so Almada's been been very good. He's had a few troubles off the pitch, um, but he's he's reacted really well on the pitch, at least anyway. And he's playing a lot more centrally under Pellegrino. And I think even though he's not scoring loads of goals, he's so instrumental in, in, in their attacking play and he's laying on lots of goals. And he's always doing um, really important and you know uh, creating lots of good opportunities um either for himself or others so he he's someone who's maturing um as a player and and i think someone who we might see him be more of a protagonist than we have in the past um because it's about time that he he, he kicked on um but the player that i'm probably not, I'm not more excited about him, but I think he's the player that could make um, more of a splash and and more of a uh, sort of a breakthrough uh, season. Is Luca Orejano? He's a he's a 21 year old right winger. He loves to cut in on his left. One of the highest sort of dribbling stats in the division um, as well. And and again, he, he seems to have a really good relationship with Almada, and they've got a lot of um, they're doing very well in the Argentinian league and and Vélez. Um, a team that um, I'm very fond of. Um, I think they they could um, they'll be they'll be quite happy um, with with this with this squad that they've got. Even though it is um, a very even and um, an in- interesting group there. So yeah, Velez team to watch and with two really really bright talents to, to keep an eye on as well. Okay, perfect. Well, before we move on, we've got LDU Quito as well. Obviously, a couple of uh, U20 players or youth international players that we've seen. Uh, who are now becoming increasingly important LDU. Al Sevir obviously is is an important first team player now. He's doing well. Again, kind of a box to box midfielder, good quality on the ball, works really hard, was involved in the U twenty. So good to see him kind of growing into an important first team role. He's around twenty one years old now, so an established player, but a player who's who's getting a, an important platform to show his quality and he's doing well. Another one I've liked for a little while uh, and is, again, he's kind of on the fringes, but he's he's making an impact at times, uh, is Jorge Evriasco, who's a striker, quick, physical, good movement, finishes well. Um, he doesn't quite fit the kind of hold-up role they look for, um, so he's often off the bench, but I think he's a player who could make an impact, uh, maybe off the bench, coming on. Scored quite recently, I scored this week, I think, as well. So he's a player who um, probably isn't going to be a guaranteed starter for LDU, but who could make an impact off the bench and add a bit of pace and dynamism in the attacking third. Um, maybe doesn't fit the target player role, uh, which which they look for, but... Again, player to watch. I uh, think he's 21, 22 now. So it's his time to make an impact and hopefully he does. Finally, we have Group H. So I'll go to you, Tom, and then I'll finish up with America de Cali because I've got quite a few there. But who do you like at Cerro Porteño? Obviously a club in, in Paraguay, a big, big club that's produced quite a few good players over the years. Yeah, I, th- I think out of all the Paraguayan sides, they've probably got the, the two of the more exciting young players to watch in, in the competition. Shame that Libertad didn't get through so that we could see more of Julio and Ciso. But um, yeah, at Cerro, there's, there's two players that I want to like 
just give a bit of love to really. Uh, one is the the young centre back Alexis Duarte, um, very very impressive young centre back. I think he's he's someone who looks like he could really kick on and um, and sort of get a move certainly within South America or maybe even further afield. Um, he's yeah, he, he's 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 very good. He's twenty one, and um, I, th- I think he's going to be in that long line of um, very good. Um, Paraguayan centre backs, uncompromising, but he's got he's got a bit more than your average um, young centre back, I would say. Um, obviously, we know about Arsamendia as someone who, again, might have expe- expected him to move on by now, but um, is certainly a danger with those, those crosses coming in. And then I think finally a player who who sort of caught me by surprise a little bit over the last um, few months, but um, is uh, Robert Morales. He's got six goals in nine games. He just a, a very lethal presence in the box he's he, he gets into good positions he gets his shots away quickly he doesn't doesn't hang around and i think he could be um a bit of a surprise for for some people who maybe aren't quite a, as um up on um, paraguayan football so yeah morales and duarte are, are the two that I, that i like like most there in in that cerro team um and i'll quickly touch on atletico mineiro Again, I think there are going to be a side that are going to be interesting to watch, but there's no guys who really, really jump out. Guez are, are a good fullback. Um, Maroni, I've, I've liked bits from from what I've seen of him. And, and there's a young kid there called Savio, who we might not see much of, but um, is, is a name to remember as well. So I just thought I'd quickly mention those before we, we get on to um, America de Cali. Yeah, so with America, um, I think, well, there's two central defenders I think are good. Uh, Pablo Ortiz, uh, left-sided centre-back, very strong. The thing that impressed me was how comfortable he made it look stepping up to the first team. America, a huge, huge club with huge expectations. Uh, And he's now been in the first team for around a year. Um, Broke into the team and has, has done really well. Good athleticism, good pace, very solid. But just a real mature head. And alongside him is a 21-year-old uh, Kevin Andrade. They probably won't play together. Um, Andrade has had slightly fewer minutes, but I think he's very good as well. Um, again, strong, quick, athletic, composed. It's, it's an interesting pair. Um, so I would love to see them both play together, um, but probably Ortiz is going to get the start. But Andrade should get some minutes across the tournament, so those two are good at centre-back. Santiago Moreno on the right wing is is really, really good for me. Um, left-footed, plays on the right wing, cuts inside, has pace and directness and skill and uh, and works hard, but but also cuts inside and can really p- uh, pick out a through ball, a diagonal pass. Uh, he's got the qualities to be just a head-down winger, but has the intelligence and the pulser to come inside and, and pick those passes as well. So he's one I really, really enjoy watching. Um, with America, Duvan on the left and Santiago Moreno on the right, I think that's going to be the key, 100% the key for them. Uh, and Moreno has established himself as kind of one of their most creative players as well, which is a real bonus from kind of a pacey winger. But I think the way he steps inside and picks those passes, uh, he's definitely a match winner and definitely one to watch. 20 years old, turns 21 later this month. Um, But yeah, top, top, top player. So there we go. I think we've picked out someone from most countries. We've got some people from each group. So guys, thanks for joining for this episode. Uh, Tom, anything you'd like to plug before we, we say goodbye? No, I just think uh, we should uh, 
put everyone in the direction of the Libertadores preview that that lovingly painstakingly put together um group by group team by team preview that's on the Libertadores um official site there um so yeah that's that's definitely a good place to to see more and and obviously um yeah keep an eye out for the for the sort of regular podcast that we'll be doing yeah absolutely the, the definitely the plan is to have a uh, weekly if we can um things can get in the way but we've got a really good group of people ready to contribute this year your your, your familiar faces your adams your austin's gonna pop up when he can tom's gonna join us uh, maybe we can drag javier across at times and we've got anna maybe we can invite peter oh, we've got lots of people I'm, I'm looking forward to getting onto pods um to give their perspective on different countries so make sure you've hit subscribe on your podcast thing um also uh, we've got the patreon as well it's good content over there every month the end of last month i did a really interesting episode on venezuelan football uh, and venezuela in general that for me was very eye-opening you know you hear a lot about venezuela in the news but we got to look at the culture the music what life is like in a country facing hyperinflation um it's it has it has impacted on different countries at different times but to get a perspective on on that from people living in venezuela was was fascinating and to hear the realities of the country on the ground so go check that out i mixed in lots of exciting venezuela music as well which was fun uh so yeah check that out hit subscribe also if you're not gonna if you're not gonna subscribe to the patreon then go give a review on itunes that's always fun as well do something like that yeah cheers oh anyway guys thanks for thanks for joining for this episode we'll be back around this time next week um for uh, a review of the first week of action go follow me on twitter at simon edwards saf follow follow at the libertadores follow at the sudamericana go and follow tom follow everybody thanks for joining and we'll be back again soon